Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. I tried to work in a little Christmas. Oh, a Christmas tree. Oh, it must be Christmas Eve. <laughs> Is anybody else going crazy right now? I've got so much stuff to get done before tomorrow, having two little ones. Um, got all the gifts. And uh, some of you sent gifts to my kids, and I want to say thank you so much. And so I've got a wrap my presents and I've got to go pick up one more present and wrap presents and get a little work done today but man uh, I haven't felt too Christmassy this year but I feel a little Christmassy right now so uh, Joel Jolie be good <laughs> hello Merry Christmas um, Giving everybody just a few minutes. See if we show up. I don't blame you if you listen later because, my goodness, it's Christmas. Oh, don't forget to... Uh... Good morning, Chris. Uh... Ho, ho, ho. Um... <laughs> what is it? This is my daughter's little Christmas tree. We, we went to Fred Meyers to get a tiny decorations but they didn't have them this year so she actually had that big tree hanging on there but it was like so i put it up there that little big heavy tree um it's christmas eve now um when i was a kid because my parents always had like christmas service and stuff like that we didn't do christmas eve service we did christmas service <laughs> um so we always had christmas christmas eve was our night where we opened up our presents and then we would like parents would do like a show in the morning and then we would have Christmas dinner um, sometimes we would go over to our neighbors and have Christmas and that was always fun because our neighbor was a foot doctor this is when I was a kid and we had a little bit of money and uh, so the Christmas was a foot doctor and I always felt like their our parents were trying to outdo each other with the gifts for the neighbor the neighbors parents would try to outdo my parents for the gifts for them and our um, this was the 80s, early 80s. And so our, the podiatrist, Dr. Makira, who lived next door, started these doc family fun games. And he started a, a thing of arcades. He was getting in the arcade business early. And he won that, that year because he said, oh, when you guys go home, I've had delivered to your house a tabletop Tron and the game Jump Bug for you guys to... Now, it's not for keep forever, but for you guys to keep as long as you'd like. And um, so our neighbors won that year. Um, the, the, the competition with the dads. Um, I think my, my parents got the kids like really nice Tonka toys, Tonka trucks. And me and my sister got a video game from our neighbor. Anyhow, that was uh, a million years ago, but that was a weird Christmas. Had a lot of fun Christmases over the year. Even the Christmases where... Um, my first Christmas, uh, visiting my dad in prison, and um, doc, uh, 
Sigmund Freud said that, you know, you look back at the days of pain, hurt, and, and sometimes see them with, with awe and wonder. He didn't say that exactly that way, but without, with fondness. And I can remember the first Christmas, and, and it was really tough. The visit was really tough. Visiting my dad in prison was, was, was tough, and, and they let us sit in the, the uh, this is the only time they did this. It was really strange. Um, I guess it didn't work too well, so they didn't do it again, but they let us go into the chow hall and sit with our families in the chow hall in the prison. And uh, the JCs, the prison JCs raised money so people could give their kids a little present, and so every kid got like a present and everything. But, but what was really interesting is when we went home, we had a tiny little tree in our hotel room, and it was me and my sister and her husband and our baby, my baby nephew James, who's a grown man now, and my mom and me, and we all did Christmas under this tiny little tree. And uh, we had gotten food from, you know, like the 7-Eleven or something. And we all just sat around and we were with each other. And it was like this very dark moment, but at the same time, it, I think it was like the first time we didn't have a TV show, parents didn't have to put on anything big event or anything, but it was just the family we were together. And it's wild with those moments, uh, those, those small moments that bring you together. And it was really beautiful. It was really a beautiful moment. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's nice to be able to take some of that pain and reclaim it as positive, you know? So that, that's, I think one thing we can all learn is that, uh, you know, time, can do beautiful things and allow us to see things in the past that may have been painful and even get redeem the past in a way. So uh, Freud was right there. What do you know? Um, also, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Milo's like, are you a YouTuber, Dad? I'm like, well, we do our service on YouTube. And he's like, okay, because he, like if anybody ever sees weird comments on hot, hot spice, people eating hot spicy thing from Revolution Church, that's my son. Um, sometimes I hear him saying stuff. I'm like, Milo, that's, you know you're speaking on behalf of the church when you say that. And uh, he laughs and says, well, you should give me my own account. And I'm like, I'm not getting you the YouTube account. But anyway, so, there you go. I don't know why I was telling you that story, but, um, but oh yeah, because he's the one who always tells me to make sure I tell everybody, remember to like and subscribe and um, turn on those notifications. There you go. Turn on those notifications and like and subscribe. Well, Merry pre-Christmas, Merry Christmas Eve. And as we all are probably running around like crazy, trying to uh, figure out what we're going to do, and it's weird because, like, I have the kids tomorrow, and we decided to do the Christmas with their mom and everything. And it's also kind of strange when you have, like, the Christmases without the kids, you know? And uh, so, oh, you didn't remove your social. Please, yeah. Everybody, make sure you subscribe. Listen to Chris. Um, but, yeah, so, so it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, I've spent some Christmases in the movie theater. And I've, you know, done things like that. So for you that are spending Christmas alone or uh, in the movie theater, we're with you. We love you. I'm glad you're here today. Um, all right. So I'm going to get the crap out of the way. Let's get the yucky stuff out of the way and get into today's talk. Um, 
I'm excited about today's talk. So, so I, I had a very close friend of mine recently tell me that um, uh, that that the fundraising, the fundraising, like the revolution fundraising, seems a little bit um, strange. Um, <laughs> And so I wrote this down. I, I just wrote down this. I said, if the fundraising seems a bit desperate, that's because it is at this point. Um, you know, but that's okay. Cause you know what? We're going to start, we're going to finish, start, finish, or finish the new year. We're going to finish the new year and, and start, and start 2024. Um, oh, new, you know, um, this year was better. Hey, last, listen guys, last year, 2023, uh, wait, we're going into 2020, 2022. I mean, in 2022, I went six months, uh, and I did this for free. I, 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 I got paid to do work on the documentary. And so that's how I did my income, uh, in 2022. And we went, I did six months doing this for free. So this year has been great because we have made payroll, we have made our bills and things like that. Um, but you know, I just want to make it clear, like, hey, yeah, you know, last conversation I had with our financial per, financial person in New York, they said, hey, uh, we're going to make pay, but we only have $14 left in the account. And that was it. And so if that seems desperate or weird, I'm sorry, but I also grew up in a weird world where raising money was could be very manipulative or a lot of promises and things like that. So that's where we're at. But I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about today. And... Um, you know, if you want to send me direct messages and give me great ideas on fundraising, fantastic. If not, that's fine too. But we do this with your support. And, um, and it, you know, the past few months have been kind of desperate. So there you go. Transparency. That's all I got. That's all I got. All I got. Here I stand. Transparent with you. So, so I was thinking about, uh, and I've thought about this in the past, and I think you've heard me discuss this in the past, as we talk a lot about arguing well. And what I want to talk about today is arguing well versus disagreeing well. And you might say, well, Jay, what's, what's the difference? Well, you know, when you disagree with somebody and you have a disagreement, and it's one thing, when you argue, it's a little more intense, a little bit more, you know, no, I think this, no, you know, and, and I find that it's probably more difficult and I don't, I, in my own experience to argue well, than it is to disagree well, um, arguing well, arguing in itself, there can be a lot of passion. Um, we want to get our point across. We can talk over the other, uh, that type of thing. And you might be saying, Jay, why is this a Christmas Eve service? Aren't you supposed to talk about the star and the baby Jesus? Well, a lot of us will, will be with family members and other people this year. And someone will just, you know, be bored watching a football game and be like, hey, who's everybody voting for? You know, something like that comes up and then it goes haywire. So I was thinking we probably should think about how we argue well or how we disagree well. And that type of thing. Um, so I think 
And I believe that at this point in, 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 what, in this type of teaching is that we should definitely start with disagreeing well. So I think disagreeing well is what we're going to start looking at. And I'm going to try to start using that term a little bit more rather than just arguing well. Um, and, I, and I'm speaking this from my own experience and some experiences I've had recently that have taught me um, that, are you ready for true confession? True confessions is that I need to work on my arguing skills. Now my disagreeing skills are a bit different. I, I'm a bit, I think I'm a little bit better than that, but my disagreeing skills. And I'm going to start with, with the verse uh, from Jesus in John. And John is probably not my favorite gospel. You know, it's a bit wild. It's a bit crazy. It's a bit nutty. It's a bit different than the other gospels. Um, oh my gosh, you guys, I have been still doing this study on hell. Uh, why, why, why during the week? wild stuff. Oh, and I got a new, I got a nice concept and idea for next week as well. And I'm hoping to do a little bit of talk, um, out of the book of James next week. So, um, gear up for that. And then of course, January, we start our, uh, our, uh, study on, on, um, Galatians or our famous. So I've really got to start laying down cause I've got some new commentaries and some new, um, scholarship scholar scholarly ship scholarship scholarly books on galatians that are like kind of mind-boggling as well so we got a lot a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of cool stuff coming up uh the end of this just still left in this year and coming up in the next year but uh at at at, at the last supper the last dinner um the, jesus was talking to his disciples and, um, wow, Chris says one of my favorite books is James. That's wild because James I've always struggled with. And, you know, Martin Luther was tried to get the book of James taken out of the Bible. But I've really come to love the book of James and for a lot of different reasons. Um, and it's really interesting because, you know, that whole faith without works thing used to drive me crazy. But I've, I've, now I view it in such a different way. It's really beautiful. Okay. But we're in John right now. John thirteen thirty four. Where Jesus says, um, and if you have any history with revolution, you've probably heard me use this verse before. Um, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I honestly don't real think we realize how tough of a commandment this is in so many ways. Like Jesus said, I want you to love each other, but I want you to love each other like I love you, you know? And it's knowing timing. It's knowing when it's time to argue well. It's knowing when it's time to disagree well. And it's also knowing what time when to speak hard truths and also when to show compassion and when to show repentance. I mean, if you think when Jesus was with the woman at the table and it was Jesus was being kind of a jerk and he's like, well, you want me to give, you know, crumbs to the, you know, you want me to give what God meant for these people to the dogs. And the woman said, well, even dogs get crumbs from the table. And he's like, your faith has made you whole. And we see in that moment a repentance in Jesus, a moment of 
clarity, a moment of, oh, these, 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 these folks out, the outsiders, the Gentiles, they got something and they've made me realize something. And, and it's really a beautiful moment. Um, you know, I know everybody thinks that Jesus just never changes his mind and always saying, oh, it's got everything right. But in that moment, it doesn't appear to me that that's, it was, he was being right on there. It felt like he was being kind of cool. And this woman goes, well, even, she pushes back. And, and you learn, even it's time for us to change our minds, time for us to have repentance and change and think like this. So, but, but all that, it, it comes in within love. We all have, we have different types of love. It's, you have romantic love, you have friendship love, you have family love, and we're going to talk about all those a little bit, just a little bit today. But he goes, but everyone will know you, that you were my disciples if you have love for one another. And I think if we're all being honest, we, would, we all think about how Christians are seen in most of the world, especially in the United States and probably Europe as well, um, probably not seen as the most loving people in the world, probably not known for our love for one another. And I think that's why I, I think it's so cool that, to see how people remember my mother as they remember her for her love for others and um, her love for Jesus. You know, and I, and I also think it's great, like, you know, that's why I always talk about Dr. King and things like that is because that to me is, is the, the, the foundation of, of the message of Christianity is love each other. And this obviously was probably not a very new commandment, but I love it how, how he frames it in that way, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. Like how the repetitiveness of this, this command is really beautiful as well. But, you know, there's a kicker to it as well. Here, And we're going to have to look at the kicker. And I'm going to go all the way back. Let's see if I can find it. I, I put my kids... Um, so I lost my Bible. I don't know if I told you guys that last week, but the Bible that I've like been studying in for like 15 years fell out of my backpack. And of course, I had spray painted it and stuff like that. So I'm sure somebody saw it and was like, oh, this is really cool. Or, oh, this was heresy and it must be burnt. Um, but I had all my like markings and writings and notes and stuff. So it's like, it's starting fresh. So for me, this is like even next, you know, 2024, our 30th year anniversary, we, we, I'm even starting raw with a new Bible. I have to like lay out a new map for myself. Because um, it was always like having my highlights and stuff were kind of like having a cheat sheet. Um, in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and kinfolk, kinfolk, this is, this is the uh, Beverly Hillbilly version of the Bible, and kinfolk are born to share in adversity. Now, if you're anything like me, you think, well, that's kind of changed, hasn't it? It's almost like a friend is almost the one who, 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 who is here for adversity. And the Ken folks are kind of forced to love us at all times. It almost seems reverse, right? Um, but what I what I'm trying to say here is, I've always this this part this Proverbs has always stuck out to me. I think Proverbs was the first book in the Bible I read, and I remember thinking it was like little fortune cookies. Um, a friend loves at all times, and a kinsfolks are born to share in adversity. Um, 
the, the, what I found is with this loving God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself and, and loving each other and we'll be known for our love for one another. Um, is it's hard to argue with those you love. I think it's harder to argue or disagree well with those you really care about and that those you really love. Now, I say this as a uh, recovering people pleaser. Um, you know, I went through uh, lots of therapy most of my life because of just mental health stuff and, and, and growing up the way I did. Um, but the past couple of years, I did a couple of things that really, really changed me. And that would be uh, dialectic behavioral therapy and then going to psychoanalysis. And psychoanalysis was really a game changer for me and really helping me uh, learn to accept myself. Um, but also getting out of this, this kind of constant need to please people, you know, and to allow myself, you know, never say no or just, oh yeah, sure. Oh, I just go with the flow. It's, I'm easy peasy, you know. And I think with a lot of people who've known me in the past now see like this, me saying no or me pushing back on things. They're like, whoa, what's going on, you know? And I, and I can't blame them because if you're with somebody and then all of a sudden they're kind of changing and they're a little bit different, you're kind of like, hey, what's going on in there, you know? And, and a lot of it has to do with learning my own self-worth and having my own self-respect and, and learning who I am. And so that can be tough for a lot of us. So, so here's the kicker is that, you know, well, I've got to, you know, loving your enemy in some ways, like I would say, like if we love our enemies and we're going to go with our enemies and we're going to disagree well, and if we're going to make it to the next point and argue well with our enemies, um, it might be a bit easier to actually do, you know, some people say, well, Jay, I can't love people who don't recognize my humanity. I can't do this, you know. But you might find it actually easier to have conflict with those folks because there's an obvious moment of disagreeing. There's an obvious moment of, uh, there's obviously something that needs to change. And, you know, so it's, it might be easier to have those conversations. And so this, is, this, is, this has been very, uh, something that's, that's been more difficult for me is, is to do that. It's harder for me to disagree with those who are closest to myself. And so I think a lot of you might find it's harder to disagree with those you are closest to and not hold on to that pain and not hold on to that anger. And so, you know, I can argue with someone who, who I'm disagreeing with uh, about gay rights or, you know, about even politics or things like that. And, you know, if we're not close, the chances are that, you know, that maybe that'll be our, our, even our meeting point, our, 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 our unique friendship might be built on these disagreements is how we're trying to work these things out. You know, when I've met with pastors and people like that in the past and said, Hey, you know, I hope you could, you know, consider being affirming and, Oh, we don't know. You know, we've had a few meetings together and talked together. And so this, this disagreeing wasn't as, as hard as maybe disagreeing with someone I've had a relationship my whole life, a friendship my whole life, and then said, you know, there's something wrong here and we're disagreeing and it's, it's, it's tough because we care about each other. Um, it's tough. Um, and so I want to tell you this, this little story, um, 
that Pete, my friend Pete told me. Um, and, and why I'm using this as an example is because last week I had, I was on the phone with a friend of mine and we were having a disagreement. And my buddy who I was disagreeing with is like this uh, uh, really great communicator. And he's really a great arguer. And I was arguing. And I realized I wasn't as great of an arguer because I was walking all over his words, stepping on, hey, but you don't understand. Have you, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, here's something that I talk about every week and try to discuss about how we can disagree well. And I'm not doing it as well as I could. Now, just so you know, the conversation ended well. And we, I guess, so ultimately we did disagree well. Um, but it was, it was tough. It wasn't easy. And it was arguing. It was more than just disagreeing. And so that's when I was thinking like, hey, you know, I need to go back to church, to revolution, and say, hey, we should probably think about like maybe disagreeing First is the best way, the best is, is, is allowing ourselves to disagree and learning to control ourselves at the same time, take care of ourselves as well as, is watch our own, you know, because when you argue with somebody and if it ends badly, we can carry that with us and it's not the best self care in the world. And you have all these emotions and these mixed emotions that happen and go on and things like that. I think that's part of loving people. I think that's part of having relationships with other people. Um, if any of you've been divorced and had kids and then you stay, you know, so you stay together and you have to work things out and it takes time, you know, it's taken me and my ex-wife four years, five years to really, you know, get to a point where it's like, oh, we're just kind to each other and we're rooting for each other and, you know, and, and we raise each other's, we raise the kids a little bit different, but we respect the, each other's ways of, of how we do things, you know, those are all different ways of, of learning to disagree and grow in that. And um, arguing isn't always the best answer. Sometimes just learning to like, hey, I don't agree with that, and this is why, and having a good conversation. Also, because what I've talked about with, with arguing well is that we listen well. And I feel like we really have to have control of our tongue and control of our emotions if we really want to go into a, an area to really argue with other people. And so in a way, it's like it, it, it's, it's keeping ourselves in check. And it's doing that not only because we're trying to love our friends, but we're also trying to love ourselves and not put ourselves in a situation that is even tougher. So I think these are, are, are things worth questioning. These are questions, I mean, questions worth asking and uh, things worth talking about. Because I, I think you've got to make sure you're, you know, it's, there's self-care in there as well. You know, and I think that's why Jesus said, like, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, um, being a people pleaser, you're going to build up a lot of resentments, but also being constantly angry and arguing, you're going to build up, you know, so you have to kind of like walk a line sometimes, you know, because you're mine, I'll walk the line. And these are things that we learn through relationships. And I've learned through years of counseling, but also through relationships. Um, and so I think those... You know, I, I think those who lord over us will always be uh, a little bit easier to uh, disagree with. You know, those who lord or those who are causing, you know, we can say, hey, that's not right. You know, hey, that's injustice or, hey, you've got to treat me, I, I, you know, you should pay me better. Whatever, you know, whatever the, the thing is, it's easier to kind of do that than it is with someone you love with. So 
Um, this story my friend Pete Rollins told me about um, is about this tribe where everybody in the tribe um, did, you know, took, it, it, they took care of each other. It was almost like a communist tribe. <laughs> Let's just say this tribe's in the middle of the world. And so you have people who fished and people who hunt and people who clean and people who build and, and everybody's doing this thing. But there was one guy who was doing nothing, um, but he would eat with everybody. He would live in his house. You know, he, he, he enjoyed everything everyone else uh, involved. And he was a part of the community and everybody knew him and loved him and cared about him. But they started to build resentments because he wasn't pulling his own. And so they all had to get together to decide, well, what are we going to do about this guy? Um, and so they had the meeting, they got together, and they made their decision. And so they went and they killed him. <laughs> now, when I, had, when I first heard this story, I was like, I don't know if this is the best example. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't like this example. Um, but the point was, is that for them, it was easier to get rid of him and kill him and mourn him than it was to confront him. They didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with the anger. They didn't want to argue well. They didn't want to do it, so they just killed him. And that's often what we do with people in our own lives is we cut them out, kick them out, get rid of them because it's just easier for us to do that. And I say all this to point out that this is, I use this example, this story, a parable, if you will, is, is a reason of, of, of just pointing out, like, this love thing isn't for the faint of heart. You know, loving others and caring for people is not of the faint of the heart, especially loving those you're in relationships when you're growing and you're changing. And maybe your political stance change, or maybe they think differently about the COVID shot or whatever, all these different things that we've been taught to like have these reactions of these, you know, the media said, you know, black and white, you know, we got to think this way, you got to do this, 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 and there's, you know, no nuances, you know, because the media doesn't, you know, get commercials out of nuances. Um, and we go straight to war and War is horrific, and, and, and so the, the absence of conflict is not peace. The absence of conflict is war. And so loving people, there's going to be conflict in that life. And so we've got to learn how to handle conflict. One of the things that's really helped me a lot was I learned in 12-step program and also in, in dialectic behavior therapy, like well, one day at a time really helped me a lot, just to kind of keep that mind going. But there's this thing in, in dialectic behavioral therapy called radical acceptance. And you find yourself in a situation that is just really bad, really tough, and you can't really change in that moment. And it's going to take time. Um, and it sucks. And being in those moments can be really tough because you're just like, I just want to make a decision. I just want to tell this person to go to hell or they're not my friend. I don't love them anymore. Or, Leave me alone or, uh, you know, kick them out. And, in this thing. And, and I'm not saying that those aren't times, but as you've seen with Revolution, you know, we've only probably asked one or two people in all of our 30 years to like not come back. Um, you know, so, so, because that's, that's the, the hard part of loving. Um, and, and you know, you love, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance when you think of Corinthians 13. 
Um, but there's also self-care, and that's one of the reasons we had, hey, this is hurting the whole community, so we have to make this decision. It's not easy. Um, so these are important things, is for us to say, like, all right, well, maybe it's time to for us, arguing well might be a fast place to jump. So disagreeing well. So how can we disagree with others? How can we learn to say no and be okay? And the great thing about my buddy who I was arguing with, he's a very type A person, and we had the conversation, and he knew that I, knows that I'm a little bit more like, I hold on to things and I worry about things. And, you know, he said, listen, you know, once this conversation is over, I'm going to go back to my life. I'm doing all my other stuff. I'm not going to carry this with me. So you need to know that. And, he, and I know he said that because he knows that I needed to hear that. And I did, you know, because I would worry like, oh, but I said this. No, oh, I did this. No, oh, you know, and I think that's one of the things of learning to disagree well is learning to let go in the disagreement even, even if it comes to a place of like we have agreed to disagree, is that we really learn to radically accept that moment and still allow love to exist in our life and to give ourselves some peace so we're not just running over the conversation and we're in the shower arguing again and thinking about it or thinking, oh, they hate me. I saw this, um, this meme and it, and it says like, if I was in Alice in Wonderland and it's Alice and, and it's the cat, you know, the Cheshire cat, the Cheshire cat goes, we're all mad here and Alice goes, at me, you know, so there's a lot of us who can relate to that type of like, is everybody mad at me? And so we have to learn to kind of accept those moments of disagreeing and that that's part of love. That's part of a relationship. Um, we don't need to be like the, those members of the, the tribe who said, well, we'll just kill him <laughs> because we don't agree with them. You know, um, we're going to we're going to die to ourselves. We're going to pick up our cross. We're going to die to our flesh. We're going to have the argument and say, hey, you know. We need you to do one of the, you know, maybe fill in here. Is there, is there something going on? Do you not feel comfortable with what we've asked you to do? Maybe you can help build the houses instead. You know, maybe you can do this. Um, rather than just saying, well, we'll just, let's just, conflict avoidance at its greatest. And I just think conflict avoidance doesn't help any of us because we don't grow from that. And we need to grow because there's so many horrible things happening in the world that we need to have tough decisions and make tough have tough arguments and have, you know, but we also need to realize that we've got to give ourselves grace within those times, but we also have to give others grace. You know, it says, be ready. You know, the Bible talks about be ready to give an answer, but do it in a gracious, kind way, you know? And so I don't think we can look at traditional Christian ways of dealing with issues because, you know, I've seen my whole life where, you know, I think about my buddy Carlton Pearson, who we recently lost. You know, he came out and said, I don't believe in hell. Everybody just left him, you know, and I asked him, you know, what were the people who checked in on you and things like that? He's like, you know, not, not anybody who worked with me in that time. You know, no one asked me if I was depressed or wanted to kill myself or anything like, you know, the people just said, because they couldn't handle conflict. They just had to be like binary thinking you're in or you're out. And that's just not, that's just not Christianity. That's not this faith. That's not how it works. And I'm grateful for people who show me grace as well. And also remind me sometimes that I need to show grace because just because I preach grace and I talk about arguing well doesn't mean I have a corner on it. And I wish more pastors would have told me that kind of thing growing up because I always thought these people had it figured out. And I would go thing on Sunday and go, oh, how do I ever get that? That's impossible, you know? And it sometimes it does feel impossible, you know? So I, I don't want to hold a grudge if someone says, well, hey, I don't think you're practicing what you're preaching or I don't think you're doing this. And I can either go like, yeah, you know what, you might be right there. 
Or I might push back and then later find out they're right and go back, hey, you know what? In the long term, you made a good point. But the great thing is, is as I've become more comfortable in myself as well, there's times where I'm like, that's just their opinion. And it, it doesn't change anything. And if I don't find that that's something where I need to change, then I just stay with who I am and go, hey, thanks for your opinion. I see that we don't agree on the subject and I just move on, you know? So like I, today when I said, hey, this is, you know, if I seem desperate raising funds, guess what? We are desperate raising funds. The reason I said that is because someone said they, maybe I didn't need to seem so desperate. But the fact is, is the reality is, is that, hey, that's where we're at. And so I want to be transparent and I want to be honest with people I work with, which is all of us together in this community. Um, but there are other things that I realized, hey, you know, there are other situations that I did that I, in that same conversation that I was having last week where I had to go, hey, I had to call somebody and go, hey, or text them, I text them because we weren't the, the person we were talking about. I said, hey, you know what? I, I, you know, I, I misread that. I was wrong. I, 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 you know, this was the first time dealing with a situation like this. You have to forgive me. And you know what? And then go from there and go, all right, I've done what I can now. I've got to move on with my life. If there's still issues there, that's not about me because it's not always about us, folks. Um, matter of fact, most of the time, it's probably not about us. And so that's something I think that's really positive to remember. But if you've ever wondered why Jesus and Paul and, and the book of Peter and, and, and why and then First John and all these guys are so desperately talking to us about love, loving others, loving our enemies, loving the poor, and um, even loving our enemies, and why Jesus, when he, Jesus rebukes these people, but, you know, people are like, oh, he rebuked, rebuked the Pharisees, and he rebuked the tax collector. But Jesus had a tax collector in his, in his group. Like, Matthew was a tax collector. Oh, well, he rebuked the Pharisees. Paul, the apostle, was a Pharisee. So, you know, we've got to look at those things and go, okay, what happens when we learn to disagree well and when we change, you know, and, and when we can look at things differently? The Matthew <laughs> happens. The Apostle Paul happens. You know, these are the type of things that happen, you know, and then the Apostle Paul comes and says, oh, no, there's no Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, nor male nor female. You know, you get, what? This is grace begins to reproduce. Grace begins to grow. And you see grace in all these different areas. And so you give yourself the grace to be honest with people. You give yourself the grace to do that and sit with that situation. And you also give yourself the grace for time. And time sometimes says, hey, maybe you should have looked at that differently. That is another thing I liked about the 12-step program is that you would sometimes go back and make amends to people and say, hey, I, when I was doing this stuff, I really hurt you. And I thought you were hurting me and it was really me and I need to make amends. You know, so, so you kind of learn to grow as human beings. Christianity isn't just like, well, let me see what the answer is. Oh, there it is. Okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. It's not that. It, this is, this is, the Bible is a book about living and growing and changing. It's not an answer book. It's not a law book. I mean, it's, it's truth, it's fiction, and it's contradiction. It's all different stuff in there. And we talk about that, you know. And... Um, but these are ways we can learn to kind of grow a little bit more. And so I want to let you know that you're not only, when I say this stuff, it's not only you working on it, I'm working on it. You know, it's like someone who talks about grace as much as I do, you might find has probably struggled most of their life to give grace either to others or themselves. And with me, it's been to myself. And now I'm starting to give grace to myself. 
And that's a really beautiful place to be. And it even gets better is when you're allowed to, to have enough grace for yourself that you can love others who don't like you. You can love others who even hate you because you start to realize like, this isn't about me. This is about a deeper fear that they're dealing with. This is my, so in order for me to really love them is to kind of speak truth to them, is not to kind of, is to speak truth to them and to help them free them of this misinformation that they have about why they may think they, they hate me. But this is not the, really what they're hating. They, there's something in themselves that is not allowing them to accept me because they're afraid or they're scared or they're insecure, you know, or they just haven't learned to live well with life. They haven't learned, they don't have great coping mechanisms. They don't have healthy coping mechanisms. And so you have more grace for people when you do that. Um, I need to get a Bible stand because I'm just like juggling books here. Um, Colossians, I think it's three. I don't think I've done Colossians in a long time. Put my Bible upside down. Here it is. Um, and see all my different, my different, my bookmarks. Right here. My son's really into Pokemon cards. Um, <laughs> and my daughter goes in and out of it. Um, and I, I think we got to look at a new reading of this in a way, too, because I think, I think if, you're, if you grew up in old time, old time religion, there'll be a lot of things that are like spark here. And I, like a lot of things that have been used as weapons, you know, how we weaponize uh, the scriptures, you know. So, but here we are in Colossians 3. And we're going to start at 1, and then we're going to go all the way to 15. So you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Okay, seek, Christ seeks the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now, hold on. Hold on, because it's not saying we become so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Uh, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will all then you will be revealed with him in the glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever is in your earthly fortification, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming to those who are disobedient. Now, I want to say, like, growing up, the wrath of God to me was hellfire and brimstone and um, all this horrible stuff that, like, a lot I don't associate with anymore. I don't, a lot of it I don't believe anymore um, because of, 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 of really tough studying and good scholarship to come to a lot of these points. But a lot of these... Verses I, I say here, like if I hear like God's wrath or things like that, um, in the past was like this just horrifically horrible triggering thing. And um, that's not how I see it anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's like if, if my kid does something and I, and I sit down and we have to have a hard conversation because I've done something wrong at school or something like that, you know, I see it more like that. You know, um, but we've heard these verses used in such a way to control people and to control congregations and to put fear into people. And, and um, so we have to kind of unlearn some of that way of seeing the Bible. 
These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things. Now listen to this. And obviously all these things are almost impossible to get rid of. But what it's saying is, is like we got to check some of these things in our lives. And I think this goes a long way with disagreeing well. Um, <laughs> you must get rid of such of all things. Anger. Now think about how any of these do us justice within disagreeing well or disagreeing with others. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Slander. And abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices. You have closed yourself with the new self, which is better renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. It is renewal. There is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian slaves are free, but Christ is in all between the slaves and the free and barbarians. So Paul's kind of kind of saying some of the very similar things. We call, Paul can sometimes be a one-trick pony, which I kind of love about Paul because I very, feel very similar sometimes with my own work about talking about grace my whole life. Um, but what Paul is, like, is saying here is we're all one. There's no hierarchy. There's no lowarchy. But just bullarchy. Mullarchy. <laughs> um, and I have clothed my, yourself with a new self. And when he's saying this new self is that we now we must get rid of anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And he's saying that's the old self. So when we're in these situations and we're angry and we're using wrath and we're using malice, and I especially say the, the bad language, and I think it's fine for friends, but um, <laughs> if you love each other, know each other. Um, but if you're trying to talk to someone about like, why we need, you know, equal rights for these people or, you know, Medicare for all things like that, probably throwing in a shit in the dam isn't the best way to do it unless you're like me and kind of crazy, but I don't recommend it because then you go, oh, I shouldn't have said that because all they're thinking is like, he said, um, choose your battles, malice, slander, abusive. So, so what, what, what is Paul telling us? Paul isn't saying like, now stop going to rated R movies and reading those books that you read and, um, Stop being a, a Democrat or a Republican. No, it's not saying that. What it's saying is, as one, is if we see these things in other people, we know that there's something a little bit off. But when we see these things in ourselves, it's time for us to go, oh, I need to take a step back. Maybe I'm not even ready to disagree well right now at this point. Maybe I just need to pray for them and be from afar. Like, if I'm full of wrath and I'm full of malice and I've got to slander this person, you know, you see that so often with 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 with, with this with, with this binary uh, thinking. Uh, you see it so much in politics, and you find out like too that that like it's not really there. Where they do it a lot for TV, like pointing and talking crap about each other. Um, but I've met with people who do work with AIDS and things like that, and meet with these politicians, and they're all conservatives and Democrats, all in the same place, and they're all eating meals and talking with each other. But for the cameras. It's just, oh, and they're horrible, and they kick their mother, you know, and all this stuff, and they slander each other and go, oh, how could you trust a man who does that, or how could you trust a lady who says, you know, and they slander, and they abuse, you know, and they lie about one another. You see this, and you see it's like completely like giving stillborn children. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't do anything for us, you know. Um, 
so I think what's great about this is it's saying like, you know, look at these things of, uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if impure passion and, and desire and greed and, uh, you know, is this is what you're coming after, if this is what you're trying to win with, if, 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 if there's anger in these, this isn't the way. So what I'm saying is, is, is there is, there is a theology or a theology or just, a, there is words in this Bible that encourage us to, to see people differently, uh, to see ourselves differently. Because I think often we can, we can be angry at ourselves and we slander ourselves and we can be abusive to ourselves. I know this firsthand, um, but we do it to others. And that's not what Christianity is supposed to be at all. That's not what this faith is about. And I don't think that's what being a decent human being is about, much less a Christian, you know, um, is that I don't want to be, you know, if you're around somebody who's constantly angry and hurting and devouring and tearing apart other people, you know, we often have the idea of like, gee, I wonder what they say when I'm not around. You know, I wonder how, what they say to other people about me. And so I think this is a great way to look at it. Um, in 12, it says, as God chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, Paul's taking this up and saying, we're all God's chosen. Everybody's included here. That's what Paul's saying. Paul never talks. Paul never mentions hell ever. It's really weird, really wild. And we're going to do a study, another study on that in, in 2024. But as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, which is all of us, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. You know, and I think forgiveness is not something like we all have to work on and accept. I don't think it's a good magic pill. Like, some, some, I, I, there are certain people from my childhood <laughs> Uh, that I've had to forgive a million times over. You know, doing this documentary brought up a lot of old pain, a lot of old hurts, you know. And, you know, I had to walk, talk to this on the phone with this, this, this gentleman who worked with Falwell, very, Jerry Falwell, very close. And, and we had a huge argument, and I finally had to, like, just settle down and text him and say, listen, I'm sorry. I jumped, I went there. Is there a way that we can, we can communicate with more grace for each other? And it wasn't easy, but that was, that was, that's the goal. Um, so you all must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let that, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called to be one body and to be thankful. You know, I mean, that really ups, ups the, the, the game as well. That really ups the, the ante in so many ways. You know, you, you start to realize, like, when you see church denominations and people talking horrifically about each other, that that's, they're not clothed in love, you know? And so it's, what I unfortunately see is that we often find a lot of these people who are usually the loudest who weren't clothed in love and go, that's the problem. That's Christianity. Let's get rid of it. Um, but when we obviously we come together, we read these other things that go, that's not Christianity. But we're also going to have to say, like, we can't just get rid of them. We got to change. There's got to be change there. There's got to be um, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? We've got to uh, rest restoration. Restoration. We are called to be restorers and to restore people, to restore our enemies, to restore those folks we disagree with, and also allow ourselves to be restored because if we aren't restored and we are hurt and we're torn apart and we just become angry and bitter and full of malice and then that becomes our situation. And then sometimes we'll lie about people because we're so angry at them. We don't even know we're lying. We're just saying whatever bad thing we hear about them and repeating it. You see what I'm saying? So we get caught up in this thing. So you get like, hi, welcome to xchristian, pissedoffxchristian.com. Like, let's talk about, you know, you're full of anger. You're full of hurt. You're full of malice, you know. Like, I think some of the best things we can do is just let it go. Sometimes we even have to just go like, hey, that person, that mega pastor, I'm probably never going to meet. I'm probably never going to talk to. So the best I can do is maybe people who've been influenced by that person or hurt by that person, I can sit down and go, hey, you know what? Uh, they probably grew up really different. Their theology is probably not that great. And, and it actually comes from this. And, and now that I'm doing scholarship, I can say, well, it probably it comes from, you know, this denomination because they believed A, B, and C. And you're able to have a conversation with that. So sometimes you just have to let that person go and, and, and just give them, give them, give them to God. Lord, I can't handle it. So they're yours. Um, like I said, I am not a master at this. Um, You know, so it's not only tough to stand up against our oppressors, but it's also really tough, tough to stand up to. It may be tougher to stand up to those you are close to, uh, who have been your refuge in the past, who you have leaned on, who you have depended on, who you have cared for, whether it be family or friends. It, is, it can be more difficult for us to have confrontation there and to have disagreements there. Um, You know, so I don't know if that makes sense, but um, and I see some really great quotes uh, from Michael saying some really great things, and that's part of that radical acceptance of sometimes you just have to, to you know, uh, you know, living a life of gratitude and, and acceptance and things. You know, and you never know who who's going to come across your path as well, in the airport or somewhere. I've had some wild. Uh, meetings with people. Um, there was this writer I really liked uh, who was doing these great, uh, he wrote this really great book on, he, he came out of the closet and he wrote this really great book about it. And and uh, I hadn't met him, but I really admired him. And then one day when I was in New York, I just stepped on the, I stepped on the, the train and there he was on the train. And we chatted until their stop and then we took a picture together and it was lovely. You know, and it's just that type of thing of, like, oh, well, we cross each other's paths in the most wild way in New York City. And we both were on the same train, on the same car, you know, for like 10 minutes. And wow, that was cool. Um, so as I've come out of, of, of seeing my analysts and I have been uh, more comfortable being me, um, and it's not been easy, but I, I've realized it's not been easy for people close to me. You know, I have boundaries and I say no now and, 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 and things like that. And it's not always easy for people who've known me one way and now see me another way. And what I've realized is um, not just to be like, well, this is me. 
this is who I am now, you know, because that's like the punk rocker angry part of me who wants to come out and go, like, this is who I am. But there's also the punk rocker who's like, you know, we got we got to need a little bit of truth. And a little bit of truth is going like, hey, you know what? I've changed as a person. You know, I've, I've, there's certain things that about me that are different. And so this is not me just trying to be a jerk. This is just me becoming who I am and being comfortable in who I am. And um, there are plenty of systems out there that are corrupt and that we're going to have to... In, for lack of better words, fight against, or at least hopefully disagree with and, and disagree verbally and disagree publicly with uh, out there, um, that those relationships in our lives, even if those relationships come to the point of going like, hey, this friendship just won't work in this way, saying, okay, well, let's talk about that and let's leave in a way that at least we know that there was love there and that their love, like there's a mutual understanding of like, hey, this isn't going to work, you know, and, and, um, often that happens in marriages and things like that, but in work situations and things like that, like, you know, unfortunately growing up, I realized every time someone would have to leave the church or quit or go on to something else, there was always like this break. Like my dad, like I remember telling me a story about when he was at the uh, was it CBN. Yeah. And he was doing the 700 club and he just felt called to move on and leave. And, and he did. And he went and met with them and said, Hey, I'm not trying to, take your folks away. I'm not trying to do this. I'm going to go start my own thing. I want to make the, the, you know, the people of God greater and the church bigger of the world, you know, American church or the world church, whatever they said, you know, I, I just want to help more people and, and do it in another place. And problem is when he left, they, a lot, a few people were very angry and hurt. And so they deleted, they erased all of his tapes that shows that him and my mom had made and done all these, you know, and I've, but I saw that growing up, you know, is that sometimes we're, we're so uh, inept to even part ways and say goodbye. But that's part of growing up. That's part of being patient. That's part of learning life and that people move on. And, you know, I remember when I was in high school and all my, and my friends were older and they all went off to college and I felt like they had abandoned me. You know, they didn't abandon me. They went on to their new lives and learned. And then years later, we're all friends again and things like that. But... In that moment, I was like, why are you abandoning me? <laughs> you know? Um, so it's learning to live life on life's terms in a lot of ways um, and do the best we can. And we were doing the best we can now. But my hope is, is the best that you can becomes even a little bit better after this conversation, after this moment, this time we have together. And that it even becomes better for me. You see what I'm saying? Like, even I, after expressing this and being very honest and transparent with you today about my own struggles um, that this is going to be something I recall the next time something comes up you know because when I teach something it sticks in my head you know it, it's one thing to study and do all that stuff but when I teach then it becomes part of me and so my hope is by being transparent with you and sharing my own struggles in arguing well and disagreeing well and things like that that it helps all of us um, our best become just a little bit better, you know? And, um, cause sometimes our best is 40% and sometimes our best is a hundred percent, you know? Um, and I hope this adds some percentage to our best and to our thinking. And even to this, to the next couple of days as we walk into the, as we're walking into the holiday season. Um, so yeah, there you go. Let's, let's remember, let's start with disagreeing. Well, um, let's get rid of like, 
our anger and our malice, at least let's try not to take that out on others. And let's ask ourselves, why am I so angry? Why do I have malice? Why do I feel these ways? And uh, maybe breathe a little bit. Take time. Maybe take a day or two before you go. You know, you said like, you know, I remember that Bible verse was like, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, that's because they thought Jesus was literally coming like the day, a few days. Um, sometimes it's okay to let the sun go down on your wrath because you've got to think about it. You've got to do the right thing and, and, and uh, not be in this emotional state of mind. Because um, when you sometimes we go into arguments, not even knowing what we want from the argument. Um, not even knowing what the end game is. So we're just arguing for arguing's sake. We just know that we don't like what that person said, but we really don't have an alternative to that, except shut up or leave me alone or you suck. You know, like, and those just, those aren't answers. So these are good things for us to think about and grow in, in our own lives. So, all right. Well, I've got some Christmas wrapping to do and one last minute Christmas shopping to do. So I hope, they give me some grace at the store today. Love you guys, and uh, have a happy, 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 happy Christmas and happy holidays to whatever you may celebrate or not celebrate. And if you're going to the theaters on your own, uh, make sure you get yourself extra, sneak in some extra snacks. There, I'll give you grace for sneaking in the extra snacks. Um, oh, someone said it was a positive talk, and I didn't even think we did positive talks at Revolution. How strange is that? <laughs> See, I needed to hear that. I needed the encouragement. So these words down here in your conversations and seeing you guys love each other and have these great conversations is also very inspiring to me as well. Um, so thank you all very much. Um, goodness gracious, I will see you next week and maybe we'll kind of reflect on this past year and um, throw out some, some vision and hopes for next year. Um, Sometimes I don't like to put out too much vision because I feel like it just makes me anxious and I've got to learn to not make myself too anxious. So thank you. Hey, once again, don't forget to like the talk if you can. I know that if you're not a YouTube member, you can't like, but like and subscribe and uh, put on the, the, the little bell that tells you when we come on because sometimes we'll do surprise talks and you'll be like, ding, ding, that's not Sunday. Oh, well, I should go look and see what's going on. But Please like and subscribe to Revolution. It helps us a lot. And um, if you like what we're doing, you in, in, and you heard the first part, you know we're nonprofit. We got 14 bucks right now. Revolution does, uh, so we could use your donations uh, to make it into the new year. Uh, and you can do that by going to revolutionchurch.com. And we have uh, Venmo and we have PayPal. So thank you guys so much. Have a blessed holidays. And I will see you, well, we'll still be this year, so I don't get to use my cheesy dad joke yet. So I'll, I'll see you next week, and then I'll be able to use my joke then. All right. Bye-bye. for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. 